As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard The Athletic's Can't Wait Jets podcast, your nonstop shop for all things Jets. Now here are your hosts, Tim McMaster and Connor Hughes. Listen safely. Can't wait. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Can't Wait Podcast. Tim McMaster here, along with Connor Hughes and Marissa Morris. It is Friday, December 17th, just after 10 a.m. So what we're talking about, we're going to talk about all the COVID outbreaks in the NFL. That could certainly change by the minute the way things are going. So I wanted to get that timestamp at the top. Plus, we mm-hmm. Connor loves it when we open a show with what the date and time is anyway. So uh, we we have a lot to get to. We're going to talk about the situation in the NFL, all these breakouts, all these teams, what the Jets are doing, because so far things have actually gone pretty well as far as the Jets go. Uh, we'll talk about Urban Meyer. He is out a short stint as the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. We'll talk about that. We'll get you ready for the Dolphins and Jets. We have some other stuff to get to as well. And I'm going to start with this. If you're watching this on YouTube, you see I have a different background. Traveling for the holidays uh, with my wife's family this week. Then I'm going to visit my family. Um, A lot of people getting to meet the baby Ailey for the first time. Um, And I will say this, and a lot of people can probably relate to this. First road trip with the three-month-old. Wow. I've I've new level of uh, packing um, experience, by the way. I worked at UPS in college for a little bit and got really good at packing used every bit of that knowledge but i will ask you guys for you we were planning (laughs) we were planning to leave for pennsylvania at 3 p.m yesterday what time do you guys think we rolled out of new york city 9 p.m easy connor 6 (laughs) 30 marissa you nailed it 9 p.m 9 9 p.m wow it's like you're living with brie we (laughs) planned Three, I mean, it, it's something else, but uh, it's we like, made oh, it. we need this. So what's the oh, hold no, no, up? What, what causes all the holds up? Well, there's a few things. One, all the stuff you have to bring. But then number two, while you're doing all this, you have to, you know, it's a three month old. So, you know, you have to, oh, got to feed the baby. Oh, got so to feed the What's all the stuff? And then you're like, bring? so one of you has to be holding the baby. And so only one of you can actually accomplish things for like packing and that sort of thing. And then, uh, yeah. It, it all just builds up and it was three o'clock and I looked around and I was like, wow, we wanted to leave now. What? <laughs> <laughs> so what do you have to bring when you have a baby? Cause I would think you just pack a pack and play. 
And then wow, uh, the fact that Mandy Connor knows what a pack I know play about is a pack and play impressive. is yeah, very impressive. And then impressive. the kid, I don't think he's eating. I, this is another A plus. Connor knows baby eating. stuff. The kid's not eating food yet, eating. so it's just yeah. probably on mom, right? Like mom's, you know, providing. I would assume without going into like the gory <laughs> or details formula, at all. or formula. Yeah. Oh, you or can formula. give a formula. Mom's, no, yeah. mom's providing. But okay, um, so there you go. So you got the pack and play, the car seat, and the kid. You just throw them okay. all in. I mean, you're, you're bringing the meal with you. It's in the passenger seat. Bottles, There's so much more, Connor. There, it's amazing. There's so much more. We haven't. I mean, we used to try to travel like we'd rent a car and travel. Um, we borrowed my. We don't have a car because we live in the city. We borrowed Mandy's parents' SUV for this trip, and used every inch of it like the front wow. seat piled up next to me mandy was in the back with ailey stuff next to her the whole i mean it's it's incredible hey, so i'm wow. sure people out there can relate um <laughs> but it was a first for me and i i went into it thinking like we're obviously not going to leave when we plan to leave but six hours hey you wow. remembered the baby you remember the baby and you guys got there that's we all that matters yeah and the right? good thing was you know we didn't and it was good because we were like eh, we'll get there you know, there was yeah, no probably uh, hit no traffic so then good. that way. No traffic you know. at nine o'clock. That was that was a benefit as well. So, <laughs> so there you go. That was my uh, day yesterday and night, but I made it to the podcast today. So, Connor, you had a uh, much different night. I did. I saw Spider Man, and I'm not gonna lie from you guys. Like my sister, Connor, and no I went spoilers to, to our chat because we. Oh yeah, I know. No I know. Really I know. Make I know. Hate us Let me tweet it out because I'm gonna go uh, Spider Man free. Spider Man. Uh, spider Man. Don't worry, guys. We will get to the Jets game. Why do you want to? They went from five. They they got healthy and somehow managed to become more of an underdog. They got both Michael Carter's back. This guy back. That guy back. They went from five and a half point dogs to now they're nine and a half. I just looked at the board. Wow. They're they're they are getting worse as the week goes on, and they're getting healthier. I don't. I've never actually seen that before. But yeah. So I usually like I I go with my um my sister's big into the the Marvel universe as well. She had an ex boyfriend that got her to start watching them, and then they broke up, and then so she just kind of told me she goes, yeah, I watched those movies. I'm kind of into it. So we saw Infinity War together. We saw Endgame together. We saw all that stuff. So I asked Bree if she wanted to come with us. Bree and me. Bree saw. I took her to see Into the Spider Verse, and that was kind of like that was like five steps back from all the steps forward I have taken with her because you know, she's not into animated movies and that was like, not only just animated, but comic book themed kind of thing. So I totally lost her on that. So she did Christmas shopping yesterday. She had no interest in coming to see uh, the new Spider-Man movie. So my sister and I went and I will say like spoiler free. I have never been in a theater where from like five minutes in till the, when the credits ran and then there's two end credit scenes, where people were literally hooting and hollering like it was a football game. I mean, people were going crazy. And I will say that, like, I had tears in my eyes from, like, when the adrenaline scenes get going. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you see, like, when uh, in in uh, Endgame, where, you know, like, Captain America drops the Avengers, assemble! And then, like, you hear, like, the, the Avengers music play, and they're all charging. Like, you know, you get your adrenaline goes, so you start to tear up. I teared up from adrenaline. I teared up from the 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 emotional aspects of the movie towards the end. I mean, there was just like it was a uh, when I found out about what the storyline was going to be, like when Marvel made it clear that they were going to go like the multiverse. They're bringing in the villains from other Spider-Man movies. I remember actually being on this podcast and saying, like, I just feel like they're biting off more than they can chew. They're getting way too complicated and I don't think it's going to work. However, 
Disney MCU has never given me any reason to doubt them. You know what I mean? Like every like Disney and MCU has tackled everything so perfectly that it's almost like, yeah, to me, that seems like it's going to be too much. But you just have to blindly trust Disney and blindly trust the MCU until they prove otherwise. And so I went into this one believing the hype and hyped up to see it. When I say that they perfectly effectively made this movie where it is. And I I've now since fallen asleep and woken up. It's not the best Marvel movie. I think it's number two. I put it right behind, uh, uh, infinity war. I think infinity war is one, then Spider-Man, no way home. And then you go to, uh, end game. I think those are the top three movies. No doubt. They just so perfectly executed this film from start to finish that it just justified the blind faith you have in these movies that are being made where like whatever they want to do, just trust him and how it's going to go. Now, obviously, there's a bunch of question marks moving forward. Like, is Tom Holland going to stick with Spider-Man? Because he's now had comments come up about him wanting to start a family. And he's not sure if he wants to keep doing this. Yada, yada, yada. All that fun stuff. Uh, you obviously don't know what, like, they've, um, Zendaya. Wait, he can't and- be Spider-Man if he starts a family? He like I think he wants to take a break from acting. Is like his thing. Oh, yeah. It's like I, I want to take a break from acting. So uh, Zendaya is is I know like there's like oh is she gonna keep doing it? I know Ned is he gonna keep doing it? Like all that kind of stuff. Like you don't know if the cast is gonna say are they just gonna use Spider Man and Tom Holland in like a Tony Stark type fashion where he just comes in for the big movies like he's just in for like the Avengers and things like that and then eventually rides off in the sunset. I don't know. Uh, I know that one of the producers said that there's another trilogy coming, that they just finished the first story arc of Spider-Man with one, two, three. Now they're going to have four, five, six coming up. I don't, I, I hope that's the case because I love these characters. I love Tom Holland as Spider-Man. They, You'll see the way that the movie ends, like how it takes a transition with this character and stuff like that. But it is just execution, A+, plus, acting, A+, plus, storyline, A+, plus, emotional roller coaster, A+. Plus. I mean, it was a dynamite, A+, plus no doubt home run movie. I mean, it really was, like I said, there's I, for me, infinity war is still number one, because I believe personally that infinity war was a perfect movie. Like I don't, there is no criticism that I have with infinity war. Like I can criticize aspects of Endgame. I can criticize some aspects of this movie. I cannot criticize anything of infinity war, but as far as just taking such a massive storyline and difficult plot and perfectly executing it. Amazing. I, I like, if you are, if you are a Marvel fan, go see it. If you are interested in these movies, go see them. Like this is a a I, I went at 8:30 last night with my sister. I will be going again with another one of my friends. I might try to convince Andy to let me see it instead of watching the Jets tomorrow. Like there's like a bunch of things in it. Like I that movie was awesome. And in fact, like one of the reasons I said when I was I was talking to my sister was like, you know, we gotta honestly, I kind of want to go see the movie a second time just so I can hear it like two months from now when people aren't screaming and yelling and stuff like that, right? Like because like, I'm telling you, people were hooting and hollering like a football game in the movie theater that I missed like lines of dialogue that I know were pretty important. So like, I want to go back and watch it again, but uh, if you're into this stuff, go see it. Absolutely. It was, it was an a plus movie. I loved it. All right. And I'm sure we'll find it in the uh, messages after this podcast on YouTube, where the, the comments will say, skip to 10 minutes to start hearing about football. So <laughs> yeah, we will do that yeah. uh, right now. Yeah, dude, it's week, what are we Man. week 15? The jets are three yes. and 10. Like it's just, oh. we're, we're having fun now. Like, People what do you want me to talk about? Exactly. Yes. Correct. Uh, All right. So back to the Jets and the happy news of COVID outbreaks across the NFL. So the Browns, 20 players and staff, including Kevin Stefanski, Baker Mayfield, not Michael Dunn, though, that boy got the the, that boy's got an immune system for the ages. Let me tell you, not only is he the best guard on that team, the best third tight end on that team, that boy's immune system. Man, Marissa, you better wife him, husband him up because I'm going to marry him. 
Well, we can only hope because a lot of his teammates are boosted, fully vaxxed, and still getting testing positive. Um, Kevin yeah, Sabansky has come. Kevin Sabansky has come out and said, so I feel safe to say that that, and he had it back in January, as we all remember. So he had it, and he has his booster and still tested Obviously. positive. So, yeah. um, it's spreading a lot. So be careful. Um, you know what? All those yeah. players don't have Tim. They don't have a Marissa making sure they're following the guidelines when they get home. That's, That's the right. key. That, that <laughs> Michael steps out of line and he's getting the wet noodle and getting smacked around. <laughs> it's it's, it's been a crazy track. week over here. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the Browns, obviously, for that Raiders game, we were talking. It was a seven-point spread. They were favored now the three-and-a-half-point underdogs. The Rams have had 25 players since Saturday go into protocols. Uh, 70 players in the NFL Monday and Tuesday. Um, five teams in expanded protocols. That means the virtual meetings and all of that stuff. Um, and the league has, is making some changes. Um, all tier one and two employees, that's players, staff, um, everyone that's around really basically have to be vaccinated by December 27th. Um, all that said, Connor, the Jets have avoided this so yeah. far. So, so what are the Jets doing right? Are they lucky or are they actually doing some things that are, that are helping this out? No, nah, look, Tim, I mean, you you and I have talked about this for, for weeks and months now. It's just it's a well-oiled machine over there. At One it's the theme drive. of this podcast, I mean, really, right? Is yeah, it's, well we, we can't wait. Jets. No, well-oiled machine. That's what we're going to go by. No, uh, the Jets deserve it, honestly. And and it's been a long year. And I know my mentions were filled with like, you know, I'd settle for not being, you know, I'm not handling COVID just for a couple more wins. You know what I mean? I'll take a COVID outbreak if it means we're not, you know, seven games under 500 right now. But um, the Jets do deserve some credit. So they were hit pretty hard towards the tail end of last week with the flu. And it wasn't COVID related. It wasn't um, uh, anything. It wasn't Omnicorn variant or, or any other variant or Delta. It was it was the flu. Like the, so, the Did you say old, Omnicorn? Yes, Connor. Yeah, Omnicorn, okay, Omnicorn, wait. So I Omni. said this to my mom yesterday in that voice. And or in that pronunciation. And she's yeah. like, Omnicorn. She's like, what is it called? Because it, I called it no, Omnicorn. It, there's no, no R at the end. It's it's uh, Omnicore. No, it's it's Cron, Cron, Omnicron, Omicron, Omicron, or something Omicron. like that. Omicron. Right, I, 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 Omicron. I was saying Omicron. And then somebody said Omnicorn. I was like, I'm probably wrong. So I just converted over to Omnicorn, well, which I think sounds better. Anyway. I was wondering where I got that from. And she was laughing. We're going to get me. by the YouTube's going to freaking flag the hell out of this on the bot. We're going to have on all of our things right now. The, the like the thing if you post anything about COVID on Instagram, it's oh, like yeah. there's topics of COVID. There's gonna be all over this thing. We're not like, getting what are these idiots talking about. Yeah, we're getting sending no false information about the variant. Blah blah blah. Yes, uh, we <laughs> um, are not doctors. We are making that very clear. But I did get my booster. Oh, yeah, we're not, we're not even doctors. We don't know the name of this damn thing. Yes, I'm just I got my booster COVID. on Tuesday. So I gotta get everyone boosted. get your I booster. I'm gonna get boosted. I think my sister Taylor is gonna see me for for the holidays. I'm gonna get kicked out of the house. But the um. Like so, so the the Jets got hit pretty hard with that flu, right? Because that's why they lost Austin Wal Austin Walter. That's why they wa lost uh, Ronnie Blair. There were a couple other players as well that were pretty sick that were able to play in the game, but were guys that they were going into Sunday. Like, are we going to be able to get them to a point where where they can be on the field? I mean, the Jets were planning on on starting Austin. Like, he was going to be their starting running back. He ended up not being able to go because of the flu. Again, not COVID, just flu. So. The Jets got spooked a little bit by it. And instead of being like, oh, you know, everyone will heal and, and we'll all be fine and, and we'll get past this. Beginning on Monday, they went entirely virtual. So they have not been in the same building for meetings, for lunch, for dinner, for any of that. Aside from practice and the weight room, 
They have not been in the same building since last Friday. And Sala said the next time they will be in the building at the exact same time, like indoors at the exact same time as when they all get on a flight to go to Miami to play this game against the Dolphins. So the Jets actually kind of jumped the gun on this. And we're like, you know what? We're this is a little weird. We've seen some COVID stuff around the NFL. We've seen the own flu infiltrate our locker room. We're already banged up and injured. We don't want to take the risk. So they went fully virtual. They've been fully virtual since Monday. And the only new addition that they've had to their COVID list is Justin Hardy, the special teamer. I mean, they've got no illnesses, knock wood. They've got no sicknesses, knock wood. They've got none of those things. So, look, you can rip the Jets for a lot. Of, you can rip the Jets for a lot, and, and a lot of it is justified. But they deserve some credit here because their ability to jump in front of this thing, their ability to get out in front of this, it's among the reasons why you got teams like the Browns dealing with that. What they're down like 21 players now, like, like Washington, they're down what 18, 19, 20 players right now. The Giants down what five, 10, 15 players right now. The Jets are sitting there where they've got they're getting healthier now. Obviously, that's not helping them because as we talked about at the beginning of the show, they went from five and a half point dogs to now nine and a half point dogs. So maybe you know, the COVID would have would have kept that game to one score potentially. I don't know, but we are at a point though where, where the Jets deserve some praise at least for how they handled this recent outbreak. I mean, but we saw like the Rams, they played on Monday and then the next morning they had like nine, 10 positives. So, yep. you know, they were testing and I don't know. It's, it's, it's been a crazy week for sure. Yeah. Well, it's even, it's honestly, Marissa, like it does. I was talking to this about somebody like the whole testing thing to me doesn't really make sense because obviously you can go into asymptomatic, non-symptomatic. Right. And like, I can just compare it to like our person, like as media, like we have tests, like we have to test once a week. Right. And then that once a week test covers you for a full seven days. So it's a full seven days after that, after you get tested. So I get tested on Monday. I'm good until for seven days. So last week at the Jets, I tested on Wednesday and I tested on Thursday because I think I forgot I tested on Wednesday. So I tested again on Thursday. So I tested on Thursday. So theoretically from Thursday, I'm good for seven days, Thursday to Thursday. Right. So like that's my seven day window for being tested. So I show up at the Jets facility like five minutes before solid talks on Wednesday. And I'm like, all right, I tested on Thursday. So I'm good. Right. Like I'm covered with that seven gap. I'm told that, no, I'm not good because the seven days resets on Monday. So like it's seven days except for on Monday when it resets. So like I got kicked out of the press conference because I had to go retest, wait 30 minutes for my test to reset. Mark, uh, another another reporter got kicked out and he was tested on Friday. So I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, I was like, All right, whatever, it's the rules. Like I'm not bitching about the rules. Those are the rules. Like you guys, I'll follow the rules. I'll, I'll watch Sal on my phone and I'll, you know, I'll ask him my questions the next time I see him when I got to ask him and then I'll, I'll go get my test and I'll come back in. I mean, it's not like it's, it wasn't like a groundbreaking press conference that I missed here, but I'm sitting there. I'm like, wait a minute. I test like, so, all right, whatever. Yeah. I got to test new on Wednesday. So I test on Wednesday. I could also get COVID Wednesday night when I get home Thursday, when I get home and then be in that press conference with Sala on Friday and give Sala COVID not knowing I have COVID because I didn't test on Friday. I test or Thursday. I tested on Wednesday. Right. Like it doesn't, and the same thing with players. Like, say they test on Monday. You, you can go read Baker Mayfield's tweets if you want to hear about um. Yeah, I mean, like what players was it? and, and yeah, how they're like allowed Case to practice before they're Ke tested. So Case Keenum practiced the entire day. He's in the huddle with all these yep. people, and then all of a sudden he tests positive after the game or after, after practice. practice. So yep. it's like the whole like the protocols and the guidelines. Like, yeah, okay, it's good the NFL has protocols and guidelines in there, but like at the same time, I'm like, even if just from a media perspective, like, okay. Your test is good for seven days. It's seven days you're cleared for, except for it restarts on Monday. 
except for if you test on Monday and then you get COVID Tuesday, Wednesday, you're still good for that seven days. So I could test on Monday, go to the facility, test on Monday. I'm good until theoretically next Monday. I get COVID Tuesday, Wednesday. I'm in a press conference with Saul on Thursday, like, or on Friday. Like it's, 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 I don't know. Like, again, it's just like, it's like, just follow it, I guess. You know what I mean? But like, I think it's, it's, and Miles Garrett had a tweet as well. Like you guys all knew this was coming once you took away daily testing. Like, and the the COVID testing now, I'll be honest with you. Like, when Bree and I went to Aruba, that was the most unbearable for our honeymoon. Our most, the most unbearable COVID test I've ever had. Like I didn't get tested during the initial wave, like when people were like panicking and stuff like that, because that was back when unless you're borderline on your deathbed, don't go get tested. Then tested became more readily available, and then it was like, okay, get tested, get tested, get tested. And then starting when we training camp, I think last year when COVID, like we had to get tested for training camp, and then this year we started having to get tested the once a week thing. Getting tested now, I don't know if people haven't gotten tested. It's not an unpleasant experience. Yeah, like, they I don't mean, scrape they, your brain anymore. No, like, they go yeah. like the last COVID test, the COVID test I got on Wednesday or th- yeah, Wednesday. I'm sorry. Like she just like went right on like the corner of my nose, twisted it for a couple seconds, took it out and it was done. I mean, I've had more painful nose pickings than I have that COVID test. And then like, so I said, like for that. If that's what it's like for NFL players and what it's like for media, I'll get tested every day like that. That was that was unintrusive that was perfectly fine like i'll go do that like, the one i had in aruba that was one where like they twisted it and then they were like twisting it in your nose and all of a sudden they went Voom! like that mm-hmm. thing was like up there like that was yep. like holy shit and i remember like brie washing she's like uh i'm a nurse and you don't have to do that anymore and the guy's like no this is a parent no and the guy's like actually i'm head of surgery i'm like the head of surgery is doing covid tests for american <laughs> tourists like <laughs> I don't think so, buddy. Like, but okay, like whatever you say. So anyway, like if it was like that, okay, I'll be honest. Like NFL players, me, I'd be like, all right, I'm dreading this. Let's do it once a week. Let's do it as few as possible. But the way the COVID testing is in the US right now, it's not a it's not intrusive. It's not like I would just bring back daily testing all the time. Like just keep doing daily testing and make sure these guys don't have it. Test them in the morning. And then if they have it, then you take them out and you do the close contact stuff because Again, the once a week just doesn't unless it's once a week, unless you're asymptomatic and you can still play if you're asymptomatic testing once a week doesn't make any sense because you can get it the next day. And then suddenly like you're sitting there spreading like a mother and then suddenly and you have there's no 25 idea. people on the roster. Yeah, that have it. Yeah. Is that what it is? Is that the, is that the number that's up to the Browns is it 25 now? No, I think the Rams. The I think the Rams, Rams are leading the way with 25. Yeah. 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 Um, but we have not yet heard. From. Jeez, man. Whew. Yeah. So we'll see what the NFL uh does stop this this weekend but jets avoided it how about that good thing for the jets like well like, the jets the have jets avoided avoiding. it have avoided it as of now well i guess and we'll say that you're putting that, mo- you're putting that no no no, no. i'm just saying that you know like these are decisions that have to be made for the final yeah. you know stretch of the season and into the playoffs these are you know this is not just a week 15 problem this is going to be a week you know throughout the rest of the season problem for the nfl yeah yeah. Yep. So. Yeah, and even with the Jets avoiding it so far, they're all going to be on that plane to Miami, and and you know, right. it's, it is it's definitely uh, it's crazy. All right, let's take a break, and then we'll move on to some other football stuff. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. All right. The other big breaking news story this week beyond all of these outbreaks was Urban Meyer out after 13 games with the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is the fourth shortest stint in NFL history. Um, Lou Holtz, one of the other guys with the Jets who only went 13 games um, in that. There's another Jet on there, too. Two Jets in the top, I think, six as far as short stints go. But I will say this. The Jets made a much better hire in the offseason than Urban Meyer. Um, it was a disaster. Um, the latest story that kind of put it over the edge, I think, uh, Tampa Bay Times this week, saying with Josh Lambeau weighing in the kicker who was cut earlier in the season, that Meyer kicked him in warm-ups and, yeah, the talk down to him. He called it abusive. Um, it's bad. But I, So this is my question, Connor. There's a lot of different ways to look at Urban Meyer and this situation. One of them, and I'd love your take on it, is just that college coaches are gods, right? Basically, there mm -hmm. are certain college coaches that within that program, they are gods. They can do anything that they want. They, you know, complete autonomy. They have complete control. Urban Meyer was absolutely one of those guys, both at Florida and at Ohio State. At Ohio State, we saw things that happened with assistant coaches that he somehow survived. It kind of proved that point. Some of these guys go on to the NFL and are very successful, but I think some of them try to bring that same attitude to the NFL. And dude, you're, you're dealing with millionaires now. It's a different yeah. game. These aren't kids who are going to do everything you say because they want to get to the league. These are guys who are millionaires. They're adults and they need to be treated like adults. And it sounds like not just, I mean, obviously the Lambo thing is one thing, but there's been other stories from other players complaining. He just didn't really treat these guys like adults a lot. Yeah, it was the same thing when when Nick Saban was in Miami. You know, that didn't work. And and Steve Spurrier, to an extent, when he went to Washington, you know, that didn't work. It's very rare. And, and you can even also sort of compare it to the last real true old school ball coach, which is Bill Belichick in New England. And when you've had Belichick's disciples go and, and branch off and go to other teams and try to be head coaches themselves, they've tried to be Bill Belichick. And they've tried to be that hard-nosed, no-nonsense. I mean, look at Matt Patricia in Detroit. But it goes much, 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 much further than that and deeper than that. I mean, you can go to McDaniels when he was in Denver. I mean, there's countless examples of Belichick cast-offs and even uh, Joe Judge with the Giants right now where that's taking a turn where that hard-nosed, no-nonsense, just, you know, the the uh, ball-busting coach just does not work at the NFL level. And the reasoning for it is what you said. These guys are millionaires. In a lot of extent, in a lot of situations, these are players who are making more money than the head coach, not the other way around. And when that's the case, they're looking. That might have been the case at Ohio State too. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, uh, they, you know, they're, they're looking for guys to help them make better. They're not looking for guys to to take the, you know, to, if they if they piss on the rug, they don't want to be the, they don't want to have the coach that's rubbing their nose and it's screaming in their face. You know, they want them to help them clean it up. And and that's the that's the difference. And and when Bill Belichick goes to, or when these Bill Belichick disciples have gone elsewhere and it hasn't worked. A lot of them have come back like, I don't get it. It worked for Bill. That's what made Bill so effective. But like Bill Belichick can hold up his hand. He's got what, nine rings on it? Like how many Super Bowl? He won the, the two Super Bowls with the Giants. And then he's won 
what, six? So he's got eight. He's won six with New England. So, I mean, the guy can hold up the rings. That's why it works in New England. It works in New England because he's got the rings he can throw down on the table. And they're like, all right, well, I want a Super Bowl, so I'm going to buy into this. I mean, that's why the majority of the people are there in New England. They either work, they're the type of player that likes that style of coaching, or they're the type of player that's towards the end of their career and they want to go there and they want to win a chip. But then also you have players that go there that for the chip and realize I can't handle this. It happened with Eric Decker. Eric Decker went to New England and was like, no, nah, I think I'm going to retire. I can't deal with this. It's happened to countless players that go there like, you know what? I'm just going to bounce out. This this just isn't for me. The ring's not worth it, right? You know, it's it's the old Bill Parcells type coaching. You know what I mean? Like it was, if, uh, Rich was talking about this when Bill Parcells kicked uh, Wayne Corbett and it was a big story in New York like a long, long time ago when Bill Parcells was still the coach here. Like that was like the old school coaching. And that was the old school coaching in the NFL. And it's the coaching that still kind of goes on in a lot of extents in, 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 um, in college ranks. But when you take, a college coach who has never accomplished anything in the NFL, and they try to pull that stunt in in the bigs, in the big leagues, it's just not going to work. And it's not going to work for the reasons that, that you mentioned. These are millionaire athletes. These are professional athletes. These are grown men. These aren't kids anymore. They want to be helped. They don't want to have their nose rubbed in the dirt, and, and it's going to blow up in their face. But I will say this, and it is every time, and I, I'm actually a little upset that Urban Meyer ended up getting fired this early because I was hoping we'd have another four weeks, another month of this garbage. The were you hoping that because the Jaguars then took like the whole NFL? We were talking about this uh on the athletic football show that like the Texans and Jets are like, oh crap. Now you know, like the whole urban distraction, and everyone can like be talking the national media can talk about how bad Urban Meyer is, and now like the attention shifts to the other teams at the bottom of the no, because that's dysfunctional. (laughs) Like, no, because that that there's a difference. There's a difference between bad and dysfunctional. The Jets in the past have been okay. Well, the Texans can fall into that group. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you got to You got to <laughs> And they're playing this. Week. That's just a like, fabulous game. I don't know if I'm going to get like hit for slander if that like I'm, all of a sudden I don't feel like having a lawsuit on my hands, so I can't. I'm not going to go down the Deshaun Watson route. But no, I mean, there, there's a difference between dysfunctional and bad. Like the like the Jets right now, they're just a bad football team. Like they're they're just they're a bad football team because they don't have a lot of talent. They're not. They're not. They're not. They're not crapping all over themselves you know they're not like doing these ridiculously absurd things i mean like the the craziest thing that happened to the jets this year was the fact that mike white was good like that's like the wildest thing like zach wilson looks bad he does that's not a dysfunctional environment zach wilson just looks bad like the defense looks bad because the defense has no talent that's not a dysfunctional situation that's just they have no talent. this isn't like when when they were going to go winless and there was the adam gase drama that was going on or or when Greg Williams is calling a cover zero with with no time left. That's not what's happening anymore. Like the Jets are just a bad football team and they're not winning games because they're a bad football team. But occasionally things go in their favor and if teams sleep on them because they still play hard and because they still are well coached, they'll win games like they did against the Titans. They'll win games like they did against the Cincinnati Bengals. But what I want to say is 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 the reason why I was kind of hoping Urban Meyer would last a little bit longer than what he did is because I was so sick and tired and there there's probably three or four rants on this show that you can pull up and go into the archives dive into that when the jets were losing game after game after game last year and they were looking like they were going all the way towards zero and 16 and we're gonna have the number one pick in trevor lawrence there were people that had the kiones the people that had the audacity to come out here and say that trevor lawrence should refuse to play for the jets because he should go to play for the Jaguars, not the 49ers, not the Colts, 
not the Patriots, not another team that year after year seems to find success, not the Steelers who could have a bad year and be picking that early, not any competent, well-run organization, but that Trevor Lawrence should refuse to play for the Jets to go for and go play in Jacksonville Beach. Where are those people now? Where are you? I want to find you. I want to hear you. I want to see you because this is the garbage. This is a team that has had one winning season over the last 11 years. They are a perennial disaster. They have to play in London so they don't go bankrupt. And even when they're in Jacksonville, their own fans don't give a shit about them because there's three other Florida teams that are better than them. It's Jacksonville. And this notion that instead of playing in the biggest media market in the world, in the greatest city that has ever existed, he should go to some cow town like Jacksonville to spend his career because that's a better organization and a more well-run machine than the Jets. Really? Really? And he goes there and the coach that's going to help him reach this. And oh my God, they got Urban Meyer and they got the money and all the Jaguar fans that flooded my mentions on Twitter about how great of a situation they were in and their draft picks, and now they're ready for this, and they've got DJ Chark, and they've got this guy, and they've got this guy. Oh, my goodness. Jacksonville, such a perennial contender. Your coach your coach made it 14 games? You got your, your franchise quarterback having press conferences about how they need to cut down on the drama. Like, this is, like, the most, like, ha-ha moment of my career because anyone with two eyes could realize we were talking about the Jaguars. Not the 49ers, not the Patriots, not any competent good team. We were talking about the Jaguars. The only good season they've had in my, they've had two good seasons in my entire life. I vaguely remember David Garrard winning like 11 games when I was in middle school. And then when Tom Coughlin first showed up and lit a fire under everyone's ass and they somehow managed to catch lightning in a bottle with Blake Bortles and almost make it to the Super Bowl somehow. That's the only time the Jaguars have ever been good in my lifetime. If you want to go back to when Tom Coughlin was the team's coach in their expansion years, okay, fine, we can go back there. But in recent memory, Mark Brunel, Mark Brunel, yeah, there we go, longtime Jet. It was <laughs> like this guy. Like you're, you're talking about a team, literally. If I'm not mistaken, it's ten out of eleven losing seasons, ten out of eleven, and that one random pull out of your ass winning season with Tom Coughlin running the show recently is the only reason they have a playoff drought less than the Jets. It's like, are you kidding me? And these, like, it was, it was such a nationally orchestrated plot. Everyone who was a talking head on television was that avoid New York at all costs. There were stories avoid New York at all costs. There was Twitter week in and week out. This is why Trevor Lawrence should refuse to play for the Jets. And it was the Jaguars were blown up. And I sat here and, and I know Marissa, like, this was like, I think before she came out and, and told us all that Michael Dunn was, was her, was her boo thing where she was like, Hey, you know, Michael, Michael spent a summer in Jacksonville. Jacksonville beach isn't that bad. No, Jacksonville sucks. I've been there. The one benefit of the Jaguars always blowing in the Jets. I always shade to Jacksonville. We liked Jacksonville. We liked Duval. All right. It's a a cow town college town that happens to have a beach. Making it very, very clear that Connor is the only one. Connor is showing the shade, not me. All right, fine. Yeah, whatever. What I'm getting to is that, like, you have, like, this, 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 this organization that has just been awful. And somehow with national media and talking heads in the Twitterverse, they were blown up at the Jets' expense as they were some better and they were the perfect place to, to – they were the perfect opportunity to rear a young quarterback. Seriously. And instead, 
I now, and I, I literally sat there and I burst out laughing because I saw a headline. I don't remember where I saw it, but the headline was the Jaguars better nail this, nail this next head coach, or they have the threat to derail Trevor Lawrence's career. Amazing. And I know, look, the Jets are three and 10. I get it. But the reason why Zach Wilson is struggling with the Jets is not because of the Jets. Zach Wilson is struggling with the Jets because Zach Wilson right now is playing like shit. Okay. Mike White came in and was AFC <laughs> offensive player of the week and AFC passing player of the week and all that shit in his one start. Josh Johnson looked great. Mike, uh, Joe Flacco had a hell of a game too. So you got three quarterbacks. None of them are any good who went into this offense with these playmakers, with the supporting cast, with this coaching staff who looked really good. And then Zach Wilson's now dealing with his issues because, look, if Zach Wilson's a bust, if Zach Wilson sucks, if Zach Wilson never pans out, he's not going to not pan out because he went to the Jets. He's going to not pan out because Zach Wilson was a mistake of a draft pick. If it pans out, I'm saying he's a mistake of a draft pick before you guys all get on my ass. Like, that's just, it's it's the down the line thing. Like, if he just doesn't pan out, he'll pan out not because not because of the Jets, not because anything the Jets did, but because Zach Wilson was just a mistake of a draft pick. Trevor Lawrence is now being talked about blowing up and sucking in, in Jacksonville because they're going to ruin him. And I just, I want to go back on Twitter. I should do it today, but I, I was so obsessed with going to see Spider-Man and I had to get that Quincy story written. But they, like the tweets that were sent to me about Duval. Really? Like, look at you, you guys, it's, you didn't even make it 14 games and your coach is fired. Like, are you serious? Trevor Lawrence hasn't thrown a touchdown pass since pretty much I was back in middle school. Like, what's going, like, are you kidding me? And I wish, like, it's just, it's, I wish I could sit here and say, like, and here we go. NFL Draft Diamonds just retweeted Urban Meyer's tenure was wild beginning in January. Like, I can't wait to watch this video because this is what this is what Trevor Lawrence was supposed to avoid, right? This was the drama that the Jets were supposed to be. No, the Jets made some mistakes. The Jets have had their issues. But the fact that they were somehow created and 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 put into this image of the team that every or the team that everyone should avoid at all costs to go to Jacksonville. Jacksonville. That is a cow town college town whose beach is not nearly as good as the Jersey Shore. And that's where Trevor Lawrence should take his wife and future kids to go live in Jacksonville. The only thing they got is better weather and golf courses because you can golf year round there. That's it. That's it. And that was somehow how this place was blown up as like go there instead of the Jets. And I, I'll be honest with you, I got all like worked up over this shit. I'm still worked up over this shit. I'm not even a Jets fan. I can't imagine what it was like to be a Jets fan on Twitter, seeing people say, oh, they should go to Jacksonville. When if the, the Jaguars, they're a disaster. They've been a disaster forever. Their own fans don't want to go see them play. They have the worst attendance ever. They have to play in London so that they don't go bankrupt. And that's where Trevor Lawrence should go. Really? All right. I'm just I'm telling you, I was hoping Urban Meyer would last a little bit longer just to have that, just have these storylines keep going. Because every time I see it, like I can't help myself. I can't help but tweet out just a little like, it's a better place for the best place for a young quarterback. Ideal place for a young quarterback. He's got to go there. Yep, that's where he's want to be. Dude's gonna be on like a he's, like that. Then they're gonna botch the next coach too. Who's the like? They're gonna botch that. Like they chose this. They chose this organization, ownership, GM. They chose Urban Meyer. They knew all the shit that happened at Ohio State. They knew this guy was a college. They they chose. Urban Meyer. Now they're like, no, we're going to get it right next time. Okay, why? Because you picked him. At least the Jets had a phone call from Peyton Manning backing up their decision for Adam Gase. What'd you get with Urban Meyer? Who's calling you? Maurice Claret? Tim Tebow. And what are you getting out of this one? Oh, yeah, Tim Tebow. Yeah, that's the other thing. You brought him in. That was that's red flag number one. You brought in a guy who's playing. This guy couldn't make it with the Mets, and now he's going to be your tight end? Come on, dude. 
Oh my God. But it's so, I, I it, like laugh your way. I, you know, I wish like I would tell jet fans, like go, go like drink your tea in the face of Jaguar fans, but you can't find Jaguar fans because they don't exist. So you can't even rub it in their faces. Like it's, Oh, it's great. Just, it, it's just freaking comical. I love it. Like, and all, all the people everywhere, man, tell, they were on television. I was getting asked it on CBS and SNY. Like, should, should Trevor Lawrence have you the Jets? No, it's the Jack. If it was the 49ers, seriously, like if the 49ers had the number two pick and the Jets had one, I get it. You want to go play for the 49ers. That's a, that's a, a, a largely well-oiled machine. Good organization. A lot of pieces around had a bad year, all that stuff. I get going to the 49ers. Same thing with Patriots. Like I've said, if you're going to a perennial winner, but we were talking about the Jaguars. The only person that would that that liked living there is Marissa, and honestly, it's because the only thing she has to compare it <laughs> to right Mendoza. now is Cleveland. So it's like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll hand it to you, Marissa. Jacksonville Beach is better I, than Cleveland. I'll give you that one. No, you don't I, have to deal with snow I absolutely down there. love Cleveland. It is such an underrated city. Absolutely love it. People are amazing, and the people in Jacksonville are great too. So for all the hate that Connor I went there on him, Halloween, and all I saw were a hundred Gardner Minshews. I was done then. I was okay, done well. then. That was when we were pulling you. They didn't have the audacity to have original Halloween costumes. Every goddamn person there, man or woman, was Gardner Minshew. He's not even good. Like at least pick someone fun. But then I realized there's no history. Or I guess. It, it, oh my goodness, I'm not even going into this. Like this, it's just. You ridiculous. are forgetting one big thing about playing in Jacksonville versus playing in New York. The, the temperature, tax, the taxes. Oh, are taxes. A little different. Yes. There is the when you are making no that taxes. much money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fine. You get better taxes. You also get your freaking rear end plugged by a coach's foot. Yeah. No. So, that's like, I'm totally good. unacceptable. <laughs> and I think this decision was long, long, long overdue. Yeah. And but don't worry, he deserves they'll get it right better, and time. all those players deserve better. You know, we talked earlier about player health and safety, and that is not acceptable for a coach. Oh, he's, I mean, honestly, he probably so, should have been gone as yeah. soon as he stayed in Ohio and exactly. didn't travel back with the team. Here we go, Tim. What, week four? That should have been it. Yeah. Uh, I think if, a, if a player did that, he would have been gone. So, yeah. so 2011, Tim. 5 and 11, 2 and 14, 4 and 12, 3 and 13, 5 and 11, 3 and 13, 10 and 6 out of nowhere. 5 and 11, 6 and 10, 1 and 15. Now, what are they? 1 and 10? Oh, yeah. Yeah, let's let's send the best passing prospect of this generation there. Yeah, he'll still thrive. He'll be thirty, flirty, and thriving soon. Soon, yeah, good, good, good going. Yeah, who who would have who would have looked at that history and said, yeah, that's the perfect place for a young quarterback? Okay, oh, it's all right. We'll see. What Jason they do Mendoza is on his way to Connor. He's the only good Molotov thing to come out of cocktails. Jacksonville. Him and Michael Dunn, the only two good things to come out of Jacksonville and TPC Sawgrass. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, all right. So meanwhile, we talked all about all these other NFL teams back to the Jets who are playing the Dolphins. Uh, remember last time around November 21st, 2017. Oh, what? what you should have, you should have held this up there. We got it on the podcast. Yeah. COVID I te- I yeah you didn't put it in here though. I saw oh, it in text. That's yeah. I'm reading your text. You didn't, you didn't show it here though. I said, we talked about COVID for like 12 seconds and all of a sudden, boom, we're, we're flagged with, with yeah. COVID. It's also in the title. I think that probably hurt us, but uh, anyway, uh, Dolphins this week, last time around, Connor, Joe Flacco got the start because Zach Wilson was working his way back from the injury and the Jets didn't want him to face the complicated Do- Dolphins defense. Well, he's got to face it this week coming off such a bad performance. Um, you know, what, what can we expect here? Uh, Jalen Waddle, I will say out for the Dolphins because of COVID. So that helps the Jets, I guess, a little bit on the defensive side, but but Zach Wilson now has to face the defense that the team didn't really want him to face the first time around. And I will say he probably hasn't progressed much since then as a quarterback. 
Yeah, and, and I think that's probably a um an issue. But look, I mean, he's got to take his lumps. I, I think my, my issue right now is Zach, and we've kind of talked about it, is that I don't I don't it's hard to hang your hat on anything he does particularly well, right? Because the accuracy, which was a strength in college, is gone. The improvisational skills, which were a strength in college, is are not happening right now at the NFL level. I mean, there's there's a lot that you're like, what's going on here? You know, but but Zach can turn it all around the same way that Sam turned around his final year, where it was a final four game stretch, which was it ended up being a mirage for Zach, but it or for for Sam, I'm sorry, but it was arguably the best four game stretch of what's turned out to be his career. And and that four game stretch sent the Jets into the offseason with a lot of optimism that maybe they have this quarterback right. And and Sam didn't develop, but you know, maybe Zach will. So it starts here and, and it's gonna be Obviously, he's got his top two weapons, but you know he still has some okay receivers there in Keelan Cole and Jameson Crowder and Braxton Berrios. It's just going to be about, I think, making quick decisions because if he hitches at all, he's going to get in trouble. If he starts second-guessing at all, he's going to get in trouble. So when you're playing a cover zero, a cover zero team like this that's going to be coming with the pressure, going to be blitzing, it's all going to be about a lot of pre-snap identification, which the Jets praised him for this week. I mean, that's what Michael Floor said. Zach has gotten extru- uh, much, much better at this week than anything else is that he has been able to his pre-snap identification, his pre-snap routine is is significantly better. Well, it's going to be tested because he's going to have to identify who's coming, who's not coming, make protection alignments, work with Connor McGovern to figure out pre-snap what's going to happen and then attack it as a result. And look, the Jets were clearly worried about this the first time they played the Dolphins, which is why Zach wasn't in there. Now it's just a matter of has Zach learned enough from his past starts? Has Zach learned enough from watching Joe Flacco go against the same defense to be able to have some semblance of success? I would say in my mind, I don't think that's going to happen. I think this is going to be a very long game for the Jets, and I think that Zach Wilson is going to struggle quite a bit. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't see that necessarily happening. Um, based off everything I've seen from the Jets to this point, I don't know how you can say, like, oh, he's going to be able to handle cover zero. He's going to be fine against this defense. I mean, the Dolphins are rolling right now. Um, but it's going to be it's going to be worth watching and i think that for zach the narrative turning probably has to start this week because you know there's four games left he's got this one obviously then he's got the jaguars he's got the bucks he's got the bills two of those three are hard the jaguar game could honestly be a little bit harder now that urban meyer's gone um and if that's the case if he wants to kind of send the jets into the off season with i'll be honest with you, we've said this before the only thing that you can say like i believe zach wilson is a franchise quarterback because blank the only thing that you can fill in there on the blank right now is blind optimism that the Jets drafted him second overall and you still believe in him and you know a rookie quarterback needs longer to develop. That's blind faith. There's been nothing on the field to make you say like, yeah, he's a franchise quarterback. Yeah, we've got the answer right. Yeah, he did this. Remember that game? Like he hasn't even pieced together a whole complete game yet. Like the Titan game was a couple good throws. Yes. The Eagle game was a hell of a first half. Like we're not even talking about like he played a really good full game, a full four quarters of great football. That's what we're holding our hat on to. Like right now, Jet fans are holding their hat on to a first half against the Jets or a first half against the Eagles. That's all they're holding their hat on to. So that's that's not great. If you're hold, if you're going into the offseason with a couple throws against the Titans in the same game where he missed three throws that would have won the game outright and a half against the Eagles. It's bad if that's the only thing you're hang, you're taking your hat off and saying that's that's why he's a franchise quarterback. So it starts this week and it starts these final four games where he needs to start showing stuff. He needs to start completing the layups. He needs to start moving this team. He needs to start elevating the play of those around him. It's not about being a franchise quarterback right now. It's not about being Justin Herbert. It's just about showing potential and promise that you can be the guy. And right now, I don't think Zach's done that, but he's got an opportunity here against Miami. And and honestly, that that 
that stadium there in Hard Rock, that's been like a house of horrors for the Jets over the last few years. I mean, they haven't won there since Geno's perfect quarterback rating in 2014 and Rex's final year. But even after that, I mean, it's been like weird shit always seems to happen in Miami. Like weird, weird stuff. That's where Sam got hurt. That's where Antonio Allen had like the offsides on the kickoff. I mean, there's just weird stuff that happens when the Jets travel down there to Hard Rock. And we'll see if that continues. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruits and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, we mentioned that spread. Let's move on to our picks now, presented by BetMGM, our partners. We appreciate everything they do along with The Athletic. Uh, we're coming off a great week, guys. Seven and two overall last week. We all benefited from the Bucks win, although it got dicey going to overtime mm -hmm. before they were able to escape with the win against Buffalo, luckily winning with a touchdown in overtime and not a field goal. Uh, Marissa, 3-0 and last week. Connor and I both 2-1, and so that stretches her lead, which is... I mean, at this point, it's, it's wonderful. Over. 20, 23 and 16, Marissa, making money. Connor yeah. is 18 and 21. I'm 17, 21 and one. You've kind of taken the drama out of this this year. Last year, it went into the playoffs and it went down to the Super Bowl, I think, before we decided it. Do you um, want me to just sit one week out so you guys can catch up? I feel like I would just get further away. I mean, I, <laughs> I don't know. Um, True. So you're you're on top, Marissa. So you go first. Okay, um, so we've talked a lot about the COVID stuff, so I am going to try and avoid any COVID-related team this week, um, as I'm sure a lot of people are. So I am going to start with Cowboys minus 10.5 at the Giants. Well, I guess the Giants. I was going to say, by the way, five. Issues, but there's five double-digit spreads this week, and the Jets aren't one of them. The Jets are 9.5. So yeah, the Jets aren't one of them yet. Spreads. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, All right. Sorry. So, yeah, 10.5 big spread, but um, and I think the Cowboys offense is getting back to rolling. So, I'm going to go Cowboys offense or Cowboys minus 10.5 at the Giants. Um, this next one um, is probably more of a uh, me, AFC North, um, <laughs> hoping that the Steelers don't win in terms of, uh, you Why? know, the. <laughs> in terms of the Browns uh, playoff chances. So I'm going to go Titans minus one and Titans minus one versus the Steelers. Just that's, that's probably a betting with my heart versus um, anything else. So I'm, I don't know about that one, but Titans minus one. And then the Packers, uh, we don't know about uh, Lamar Jackson. So Packers minus six and a half versus the Ravens seems uh, like a good spread to me. So Packers minus six and a half is my final pick for week 15. Connor, what about you guys? Yeah, <clears throat> so I'm going to start this one off with the uh, L.A. Rams. I think they're probably starting to get going again. Um, I like Stafford. He's playing good football. I think the offense. The L.A. I, I Rams that are missing 50% of their roster. But then somehow not not um, because none of their, for the most part, Von Miller the now is out. But most of their starters well, are actually trash anyway. Okay. Yeah. yeah, he's been bad anyway. Um, yeah, but as, as long as they still have Stafford, oh, as long as they still have that offense, as long as they still have that, um, as long as they still have the offense, as long as they still have Stafford, as long as they still have that offensive line, as long as they still have a general defense, they should be able to beat the Seahawks. The Seahawks are not a very good team right now. Russell Wilson's not playing good football. Their defense is awful. I mean, it's just, I, I'm I'm riding the Rams. I'll be honest with you, I don't like a lot of these lines, but I'm going to uh, ride right now 
with the LA Rams uh, minus four against Seattle. Um, I like the fact that they are home as well. Uh, the other line that, that usually when you see a line like this, that just doesn't make any sense, you stay away from it. However, I have been on the Bengals like endlessly this entire year, probably because I love Joe Burrow and I like Joe Mixon and I like Chase and I just like orange is my favorite color. And I've always liked the Bengals uniforms like forever. So I'm going to go with the Bengals plus two and a half of the Broncos because that line doesn't make any sense to me. I don't think the Broncos are a very good football team. I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is a very good starting quarterback. Um, so I like the Bengals plus two and a half. I like that line a lot more, though, if it's like three and a half where you get where you're getting faded or you're getting help at least a little bit there by the field goal. And the other one is as an early wedding gift for uh, for Michael and Marissa. I'm going to bet the Raiders minus three and a half because every single time that I bet a Browns game, it goes the other way. So like if I bet the Browns, the Raiders win. If Or if I bet the Browns, the opponent wins. If I bet the opponent, the Browns win. Uh, it's actually been the curse of Marissa ever since I had the Chiefs against, I bet the Chiefs against the Browns. And then no, she no, made me No, no, it was flip. the Cardinals. It was the Cardinals. Cardinals, there you go. I bet the Cardinals against the Browns and I had it locked in and Marissa talked me out of it. So I cashed out my bet and bet it the other way. And ever since then, I have not picked the Browns game correctly. And I've bet the Browns a lot. So I'm going to go with the Raiders minus three and a half. Best case scenario is I win a game. Better case scenario or better case scenario, I win money. Uh, best case scenario is that the Browns somehow win this game and then they uh, they keep winning and, and the Michael Dunn show rolls on. Yes, that's the best case scenario, obviously. Yeah, that's what I said. Best case. Yeah, because <laughs> it's all leading to the best of all best case scenarios, which is that the Browns win the Super Bowl yes. and then you have to have your wedding on the parade float. Like that, <laughs> yeah. that, that's the ultimate goal here is that yes. Marissa has to reset socially distance of course <laughs> yeah, yeah i don't think there's gonna be any if the cleveland if the cleveland browns win the super bowl yeah there's going true. to be no social distancing very yeah. true yeah omnicore omnicore and whatever the next variant is going to be i mean there, there's going to be that, that i can't wait that to tell my mom that's why cleveland. i've been calling it that because i've been listening to you her response her. is going to be that makes sense yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah. All right. Um, I have, I'm going head to head against Marissa here with the Pittsburgh game. I'll take the Steelers plus one at home. Um, Patriots coming off a bye week. Dogs on the road at Indy. I'm going to take the Patriots just because Belichick with two weeks to prepare. Always tough. And then this is probably against my better judgment, but I'm going to take the Jaguars minus four and a half hosting Houston because I just feel like there's a cleanse going on in Jacksonville right now. And there's going to be just a, a, a good feeling with urban out the door. And that team's going to come out flying and they're playing Houston. Who's a dumpster fire in its own self. So I'll take Jacksonville minus four and a half. That'll do it. I will continue to finish last in this anyway. So it doesn't really matter. Uh, anything else from either of you? No, I'm good. Wash your hands. Yeah. Wash your hands. Stay safe out there, everybody. We will be back with you with a full recap of the Dolphins game early next week. Thanks for tuning in to the Can't Wait Podcast.